Hi, welcome back to Chats with Chaz. Thanks for tuning in. Come for the stories, stay for the puns. <laughs> welcome back to episode two. This is exciting. I posted my first episode and I got a couple of comments on the social medias and I've got a lot of really good feedback and I also got a couple of questions. So I'm going to start out this episode answering a couple of questions and then I'm going to dive into the first chapter of the Preach My Gospel manual. And let me tell you guys, this is going to be a doozy of an episode. I'm not even sure if I'm going to post all of the content in here because it's, it's very sensitive to how I feel about who I am, and you're going to learn some things about me. But I feel like it's very important to, if you really want to get to know me, to understand how I think, and we'll get into it. But it's a really exciting episode. I can't wait to share it with you guys. Anyway, to answer a couple of your questions, some people have asked me about my podcast, is this going to be all spiritual? No, it's not. I want to tell stories about my life and learn some life lessons along the way. And it just so happens that the center of my life is the gospel of Jesus Christ and Christianity and and my church. So a lot of my life lessons are going to be rooted in that frame of belief. But I have a lot of other interesting stories. So, yes, I am going to be talking about the time that I hiked 11,000 feet into a mountain and I flew my drone off of a peak into 40 mile an hour winds and I almost lost it because it drifted away. Terrifying moment. I will be telling stories about, you know, getting into a career in marketing and what that's like. I'm thinking about buying a house soon and I've never, you know, filled out a loan application or gotten a mortgage before. It's terrifying, right? I figure a lot of other 20 year olds, 30 year olds who are going to start adulting like this would benefit from these stories. So, no, it's not going to be all spiritual, but I do hope that you learn these life lessons to help improve your life. It's more of like a self-improvement kind of a podcast, I think. I'm not really sure where this is going, and uh, that's something that I think is a, a work in progress. These chats with Chaz are definitely going to evolve over time. Which leads me to my next question is, are you going to have guests on the show? That's a good question. I would love to have guests on the show. I think it would be fun to bring on my dad, for example. He's a very successful entrepreneur, and he has an amazing story. He actually wrote a book. I would highly suggest you go and find him, Glenn Gonzalez, on Amazon and uh, learn about his own life lessons. I would also really love to bring on some of my heroes, like John Schmidt is a pianist that I listened to when I was a kid, and he really inspired me to play the piano. And it would be a dream to just get him in the same room and then talk about what got him into his own passions and everything. It's, it's really, really fun. Another question somebody had was, what inspired you to start this podcast? Well, I had been wanting to start a blog for a year or two. I felt prompted from God that I needed to contribute to the world because my thoughts matter, because what I have to share is worth this. It sounds so cheesy, but it's true. But I procrastinated because I was afraid it wasn't going to be good enough. I have this idea that everyone can be awesome. Like you can live your life to the extreme where it's absolutely fantastic. You ever like meet somebody who just lives life to the fullest and they're like, they're achieving their dreams. How are they doing this? Or they're very likable. They have really good you know, personality traits and you always want to know, how are they so awesome? Can I be that awesome? I believe we can if we have a proper understanding of the reality of the world and we live by these principles. I'm definitely not the perfect example, so I'm still working on them. So I delayed this blog for the longest time, and I met my friend Kenna. You'll probably hear about her and other stories, but she started her podcast, and I recently talked to her, and I listened to her podcast, and I was just so inspired that I'm like, you know what? 
I'm going to do it too. She can do it. I can do it. Let's just start. And that's how a lot of things happen. You just start. Too often we are paralyzed by analysis and we never end up doing anything. So this is me breaking the paralysis and just starting. Another question somebody had was, where do you see this growing into? I'm not really sure. I would like to consistently post about my life and upload these podcasts on a weekly basis to share stories. Right now, the purpose is kind of like a a thought journal that my family can listen to, my grandparents can listen to, or anybody that's interested in my life can, you know, learn and and, and share these stories with. I would like for this to grow into a self-help podcast that can inspire people to take the step to becoming a better person that they've always wanted to be. So yeah, that's kind of the where I would like to see this podcast growing. So thank you for joining me today on this episode. We're going to jump into the Preach My Gospel Manual. In my last episode, I talked about that this is the guidebook of my life. I served a mission in Ciudad Juarez, and I studied this manual uh, every day, and it really formed the structure of my thought process and how I think. And so I just want to go over the first chapter with you today, which is my purpose as a missionary. And it's okay if you've never served a mission. It's okay if you're not a member of my church. I'm going to be talking about principles that I've gleaned from this chapter that might be able to help you. For example, the first thing that it talks about in this uh, chapter is your purpose. It talks about this mantra or this mission statement that they give to every missionary. And it has a very, very powerful impact on my life. So we're going back 2013, 2014. I am a young 20-year-old, 19-year-old who's in a different country trying to learn a different language, trying to teach another person how to be a missionary when in reality, I don't know what I'm doing either. And I'm very overwhelmed. I came from a home where I had parents who kind of took care of me emotionally. And when I went to my mission, that was cut off. I was by myself and I was very overwhelmed. I was, to say the least, stressed a lot. And I tried to find emotional support in my mission president, President Derbez. And you have to understand, I love this man. He is a good man. He's a great man. But he has a different uh, teaching style than my parents did, especially my mom. Because when I would go to him and say, hey, I'm stressed. I need help. He's like, dude, you better freaking figure it out on your own. I can't be like taking care of every single missionary. I need you to be emotionally self-reliant. I'm like, I don't know how to do that. And I felt forsaken. A little bit, but he sat me down and he introduced to me the purpose. He said, Elder, anytime you get discouraged, by the way, you should never feel discouraged. You're a freaking missionary of Jesus Christ. You are literally teaching people about truth and, you know, bringing them joy and happiness. Why are you depressed? <laughs> but he said, if any, at any point you get discouraged, I need you to memorize this and recite it when you're walking. Here it is. Invite others to come unto Christ by helping them receive the restored gospel through faith in Jesus Christ and his atonement, repentance, baptism, receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, and enduring to the end. And just remember that. And just recite that over and over and over. And I'm like, okay, fine. So I did. And it happened very quickly. I The next day I was stressed and I was anxious. I was walking like four miles to my next appointment on the dirt roads of Juarez. And I memorized it and I started reciting it. And you know what I learned? There's a verb at the beginning of a mission statement. And that is a guiding star for me. The verb here is invite others. And that's what I learned. When you make a mission statement, focus on the verb. And it it helps me to calm my anxieties because I would ask myself, Chaz, are you inviting anyone today to come into Christ? Not are you baptizing? Are you fulfilling X amount of baptisms? Because that was a metric on the mission. Are you inviting? Are you at least trying? And I could safely say, yes, I am trying. I am inviting. 
then you're good, man. Just keep going. And that changed how I felt about my anxiety all the time because I felt lost. I felt like a ship without a sail or, or any way of guiding myself. But with a mission statement, I was able to orient myself in a purpose that matters. And then with a verb, I knew that if I was doing that verb, then I was doing what I needed to do. At least I knew that I was inviting. And since that time, this has been a great life lesson for me is make yourself a mantra. Make yourself a a power statement or or a purpose statement. And so that's what I did. After my mission, I got home and I'm like, all right, I am free to do whatever I want to do. What do I want to do? I don't know. (laughs) And so I ended up making my new mission statement. The one for a missionary doesn't apply to somebody who's, you know, going to college, starting his own life. I wanted to, I wanted to get married, start a family. I wanted a a lot of things. So what am I supposed to do with my life? And I believe God lets us choose what we want to do. We have our own life's task. We can decide what our passion is and we get to mold our own life, which is really overwhelming. It's like a blank canvas. What are, what are we supposed to do? And so at this time, when I got off my mission, I started reading the book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And it talks about in the second habit called Begin with the End in Mind. This is what I used to create my next mission statement. Essentially, the habit in a nutshell is imagine you go to a funeral and everybody gathers to see this person who had died. And when you look in the casket, it's yourself. Who do you imagine comes to your own funeral? What do you want them to say? At some point, somebody's going to get up and list all of your achievements of your life. What would you like to have accomplished? And when you begin with the end in mind, you start to really see what matters. And so I spent like three or four days of intense inner personal study of what matters to me, of my own you know, end of life and what I want people to say about me. And I came up with a living document. I won't read all of it, but I will read the first paragraph that encompasses what I consider to be a well-lived life. My purpose, this is very personal, by the way, so please don't judge me. I'm, I'm being very vulnerable. My purpose is to become a saint in the kingdom of God by sanctifying myself, loving as Christ would, inspiring others to come into Christ, maintaining my optimum physical health, and loving my family. This is accomplished by fulfilling the following five roles, son of God, friend, professional, athlete, and family member. I basically broke my whole life down into five roles, and I had mission statements for each one of those roles. I love mission statements, and I would highly recommend you take a moment to sit down and ask yourself that question. If I died at the end of a long and well-lived life, if you could look back and see what you accomplished, what really matters to you? Did you go to the places you wanted to go? Did you touch the lives of the people you wanted to touch? Did you say all the words you needed to say? Did you sing all the songs that you had in your soul? You know what I mean? So don't wait. Make your mission statement today and then live your life by it. This is uh, this is really hard to do because I'm trying to keep these podcasts relatively short, but already we're at like 12 minutes is insane. So uh, I'm just going to keep scuttling right along. So going within the chapter of Preach My Gospel, I'm just going to touch on a couple of the sections that really stand out to me. In the section, The Gospel Blesses Individuals and Families, I this stood out to me and it's been stuck in my heart for the longest time because when I studied this on my mission, I realized that the only thing that really matters is your family. And it sounds like a fast and furious reference, but it's not. It, it's just a principle of truth. There's a quote in here by uh, a president of my church. His name is President Harold B. Lee, and he says this, 
the most important of the Lord's work you will ever do will be within the walls of your own home. All these stresses of life of career advancement or picking a new house or figuring out where to live, they don't they don't really matter because I realize that the real frontier of life is how you treat your spouse or how you treat your kids or how you treat your parents. Do you still call your grandma? You know what I mean? With that knowledge, a lot of my worries kind of fall away because I realize that what really matters is family. The next section of the Preach My Gospel manual is called The Power and Authority of Your Calling. Okay, this is a bit of a doozy, and I really love talking about this. So I'm going to get a little bit more into uh, the priesthood of the church and some of the doctrine. In the church, you have priesthood where you are given the power of God to act in his name. And that's manifested by giving blessings of sickness and health to people or to give them blessings of comfort, where you are inspired from God to speak and you you say words of comfort to them or you heal them. And I've been a part of some of those blessings and they're real and I they're very, very personal to me. Anyway, I'm gonna kind of break down a little bit about the power and the authority of the priesthood power because there's a difference. I'm going to read a little bit here that's in the Preach My Gospel, and I'm just going to kind of point it out. When you are set apart by priesthood authority, you receive the right and the privilege to represent the Lord. You receive the ministerial certificate that verifies that authority to the world. President Spencer W. Kimball said, The setting apart may be taken literally. It's a setting apart from sin, apart from the carnal, apart from everything which is crude, low, vicious, cheap, or vulgar, set apart from the world to a higher plane of thought and activity. And here's the the big part at the end of this quote by President Spencer W. Kimball. The blessing is conditional upon faithful performance. Story time. I feel comfortable sharing this, but I've struggled with pornography in the past. A couple of years ago, I gave a blessing uh, shortly after falling to temptation. And I had a friend ask me to come and give a blessing to a sister. And so I did. And I was forced to let my ministering companion be the voice for the blessing because I had the authority, but I lacked the power. I believe that you can still give blessings, even if you're struggling with pornography, but the fact of the matter is you don't have the spirit with you because you are no longer in line with God. That's, that's a sin. And you are, you're not in the right frame of mind. You're not in the right mindset to receive revelation because revelation is light from God. And when you turn from God, you can no longer receive that revelation. You have the authority, but there's no power there. Yes, you were given the privilege to hold the priesthood, but that does not mean you will then be inspired. So when I was trying to give the blessing to the sister, I was forced to let my ministering companion be the voice of the blessing, and he gave the blessing, and I was just there, and I accompanied him. And that's because I didn't have the power. It's okay to continue to participate in the church and to have the sacrament when you're struggling with pornography because the ordinances are welcome to all as long as you're continuing to try. And as you are sanctifying yourself and as you're purifying yourself, when you have clean thoughts, whenever you are trying to be virtuous, the more virtuous and the more obedient, the more clean your mind is, the easier it is to receive revelation because revelation is light. And if you think about a fiberglass cable, it's a conduit that lets light pass through it. The clearer the panes of glass, the more light can then be transmitted through it. That's how I feel about the power and authority of your calling in the Preach My Gospel manual. It's a very heavy topic, and I feel like I'm going to get a lot of backlash for it, but I am sharing what I truly believe, and I think it is worth discussing because there's too much shame in the world 
when it comes to overcoming issues and being one with God and finding light and happiness in your life. And I want to talk about it. Anyway, moving on to the next part. In the next section, we're talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this is great. I'm going to talk about it in later episodes because I absolutely love the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's that five principle cycle that actually makes sense and is perfect. And I'll talk about it in later episodes, but I feel like I should mention it once again here because everybody wants to change. Like whether they believe in the gospel or not, I really like the word change or I was trying to change. And it's synonymous with repentance because repentance is changing your view of yourself, the world, or how you view God and changing your behavior. Sometimes we are going to do things that we don't like, so we stop doing it and we start doing other things. I used to play a lot of video games on the weekends, and now I like to run, and I feel different. It's called change. Some might call that repentance. Other people call that change. But one of these quotes that I really like said this, preach the first principles of the gospel. Preach them over again. You will find that day after day, new ideas and additional light concerning them will be revealed to you. You can enlarge upon them so as to comprehend them clearly. You will then be able to make them more plainly understood by those you teach. I feel like since I was studying those principles over and over on my mission, I was forced to focus on just the basics. A lot of people like to go really deep into esoteric doctrine about what faith is and what repentance is, and it's kind of like way in the edges of the doctrine, and they don't spend enough time in the core. I felt like because I was studying the same thing over and over and over, I had to turn this Rubik's Cube of principle around in my hands over and over and over, and I saw things in a new light. And that's how I feel like that's what that verse or that quote talks about. Yeah, I really like that. I really love change or repentance. I I really believe that's synonymous. And anybody who wants to become better or they're dissatisfied with who they are, with their personalities, then they should definitely change or some would call repent. For the last section of this chapter, I want to talk about a successful missionary. So I struggle with self-criticism. I am my biggest enemy. My mission was probably the biggest catalyst for self-punishment and self-criticism and self-doubt. Because like I talked about earlier, I went to a different land, different language. I was on my own. I was separated from my family. And I had to figure out how to have emotional self-reliance. And I was so hard on myself. Like, oh, you're doing a terrible job. You should be doing this. I would should and compare myself all the time. I didn't really have anybody to tell me to stop. And it was so hard. And so when I studied this particular section in the Preach My Gospel manual, it literally saved my life. This is the tool that gets me through all this self-doubt. So let me read parts of this section to you right here. A successful missionary. Your success as a missionary, or whatever you want, is measured primarily by your commitment to find, teach, baptize, and confirm people and to help them become faithful members of the church who enjoy the presence of the Holy Ghost. And what this paragraph is talking about is it's referencing the mission statement at the beginning of the chapter. Whatever your verb is that you get purpose from, then you need to focus that your success is primarily by your commitment to that verb. Are you at least committed? Are you striving? Are you caring? Are you trying to live your mission statement? Because if you're trying, then you are successful. Too often we have these milestones or we feel like we have to have reached a certain limit by a certain amount of time. And we often get down on ourselves when it comes to self-improvement. What we need to keep in mind is, are you trying? Because as soon as you get discouraged and you give up and you're like, you know what? I, I can't live this mission statement. I don't think I will ever achieve my dream. I'm giving up. Then you really lost. 
Anyway, let me just keep reading this because it's all gold. Avoid comparing yourself to other missionaries or other people and measuring the outward results of your efforts against theirs. Remember that people have agency to choose whether to accept your message. Your responsibility is to teach clearly and powerfully so that they can make informed choices. Some may not accept your message even when they have received spiritual witness that is true. You'll be saddened because you love them and you desire their salvation. You should not, however, become discouraged. Discouragement will weaken your confidence. If you lower your expectations, your effectiveness will decrease. Your desire will weaken and you will have greater difficulty following the spirit, or in this case, maybe your gut feeling. You can know you've been successful when you feel the spirit testify to people through you. You know you'll have been successful at life when you love people and you desire their success. When you obey with exactness. When I say obey, I'm talking about your mission statement. When you live by certain principles, obey those principles. When you develop Christ-like attributes, and I'll go into that later, but Christ-like attributes are love, faith, patience, hope, charity, virtue, knowledge, obedience. These are all attributes. These are all principles that Christ perfectly imbues, and we should be developing those. When you have done your very best, you may still experience disappointment, but you will not be disappointed in yourself. And I love that because I get discouraged a lot. Like I said, I am my worst enemy. I am very self-critical. But I try and keep this in mind. When you have done your very best, you may still experience disappointments, but you will not be disappointed in yourself because you're trying. You're doing the best you can. You're following that gut feeling and you're trying to become the best person you can be. Anyway, I really love this chapter. I'm glad that you guys tuned in today to talk about the Preach My Gospel manual. We talked about some pretty crazy stuff today. I hope you enjoyed some of these thoughts and feelings that I've had and you've learned something along the way. So yeah, thanks for tuning in and I hope you have a fantastic day.